Hi, I'm Akhil Arora. And I'm Rohan Nahar. Welcome to The Long Take. This week, we're discussing Wonder Woman 1984, which is the sequel to the original Wonder Woman from three years ago. And I think possibly, well, not our first superhero movie, we did Old Guard. We're clearly the biggest sort of tentpole fiction we've done yet, right? Possibly. Ten, biggest yeah. tentpole superhero movie that we've done, certainly. Yeah. We did Tenet. Hmm. So this is following up also, the I think the other more important angle here is it's following up DC's best movie till date, I would argue. I don't know about you. I think you are a Zack Snyder fan so you might disagree with that no no i'm a Zack snyder fan but i uh the first one woman is easily the best dc movie uh best dc eu movie i should say yeah uh by far right so big expectations big boots to fill uh where does it land it lands in the Zack snyder b- category i would feel like on the list <laughs> of dc eu movies uh in fact no i would rank it below a bunch of snyders which ones he's made three i would rank it below bvs and Man of Steel. Oh my god. This movie made me angry. Like I was actively angry after watching it. I, I thought I didn't care after this year. Like 2020 has like sucked the soul out of me. And I thought I wasn't passionate about these things. But uh, this movie made me angry for like 30 minutes. Which is a big thing. Okay, so what part made you angry? See, if anyone other than Patty Jenkins had made this movie, uh, my belief is that the reactions would be livid. Like how dare you uh, types. Hmm. But because Patty Jenkins is the one who's made it. So everyone's kind of confused. Like, mm, okay, this is kind of what we wanted. We wanted more like freedom for her to go and do her thing. And I guess like this is the movie that she wanted to make. So there's a little bit of that. Like there's a little unsurety. Although like I'm sensing. uh, So immediately after it was screened for critics abroad. Uh, the responses were quite different from what what we're seeing now. Like now I'm sensing like this. Yeah, I think that's just like. PR management, right? Yeah, so that worked, right? It worked for like two You show it to people like, who you mm. know are like are slightly, even if not, not like biased toward DC because they are afford to like have that label around their heads. They still like DC, like aligned or fans. Haha, huh. and then obviously Warner Brothers will target like fan sites and comicbook.com and stuff like that and get yeah. them to kind of put out first reactions. And it works for like two weeks until the movie comes out. So I think in that regard, it worked. But now that people are actually seeing it and uh, they're like, ooh, what is this? Yeah, I think like that actually kind of sort of, you know, PR blitz works much better in a non pre-COVID world because that sort of sells tickets, right? So that hype sells tickets. Yeah. But in a COVID world where people are not really rushing to see a movie on opening weekend, you need word of mouth, right? Because you need people to sign up to HBO Max mm-hmm. in the US or you need people to like slowly go to theater when they feel comfortable. Mm. So I'm not sure that kind of PR blitz is really that helpful. Also, this movie, so I remember Patty J saying that she had this ready like five months before the theatrical uh, release that was planned like in the summer or whatever. Yeah, because this movie has been ping-ponged like in terms of release dates for a while now, right? Technically, initially it was like, I think first was November like last year, uh, which was then taken by uh, Joker or October last year, whatever. And then it got pushed to summer this year. And then once it got pushed to summer, COVID started re- wrecking havoc on it. Now, the point I was trying to make is that she, she had it ready before the release date, like right. well in advance. And then she basically had like, whatever, seven months in this year hmm. where the movie was just sitting around. Yeah. So uh, I'm thinking like, on one hand, you have Snyder who's literally putting together like post-production on his film, hmm. doing reshoots. Why, what stopped them from uh, tinkering with this? Because I'm sure everyone knew this was like, why didn't they like do something about it? Like this movie has been sitting around for like a year. Like this? Well, I mean, that tells you the 
they were clearly happy with the product they were putting out right they did clearly everyone from the creative team to executives were like yeah this is a done deal let's put it around christmas and make money i mean i do, i don't think that my, i don't think that's that could could be also not true but, but because uh, it's the first one that they put out on this uh, hbo max model right right like they could have gone the tenet way and said no no way wonder woman is going to hbo max but they chose this to be the movie with which to do this experiment so a part of me is like maybe they were kind of doubtful about it no i don't think it was the quality that made the move at least cuz i think pandemic is the bigger reason for that kind of move is because tenet actually had a lot more theaters to open in in the us and europe and by the time wonder woman got released dates they were trying to finalize theaters started reclosing uh second lockdown happened in europe as we know the hard lockdown mm. and us may right now two third theaters are closed so the situation actually is worse off so there was no way to release the movie in a theatrical model like tenet to so us it's half is what i read basically around half so they released on 2100 screens and normally a movie of this scale would release on like what 42 43 anyway about the movie what do you think like i wanted to enjoy like i mean that's this is not like a thing that i happens to me with a lot of movies where i'm always like either i'm skeptical of them going in or i'm just like you know man like i have no reaction to what i'm going to watch but this one like i generally wanted to enjoy because of you know the first movie and it's they preserving the same creative team and then they bringing in like really good actors right like kristen wiig like a comedic actress in a role like sort of unexpected in that sense and then pedro pascal is basically having a moment right now so i wanted to like really enjoy it but it just it never made me enjoy it ever like the movie so slow in the beginning it takes forever forever to get going like i was like can we please like get into the plot at some point it took like an hour i think easily for me to, that to happen and even once that does happen the movie just like doesn't understand how to like maintain any momentum it just keeps getting like stuck in a lower gear and it's like yeah we will deal with the things later and then suddenly obviously the big things have to happen right so the movie's need like the the big action sequences then those start to happen but none of those were like i don't know i guess i because the emotional connect never formed in the first hour i had no like sort of connection to the payoff that was happening later i was like yeah i don't really care about any of these people like i'm not even sure like wonder woman is emotionally invested in the world to save it like she was in the first movie and because if she's not invested then how can you expect the audience to be invested which is the the ultimate tragedy of this movie is that it squanders the good that you'd built uh, with the last movie right yeah so a lot of the heavy lifting has already been done you've set up the world you set up the character yeah people know what to expect people love her Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, yeah. and uh, you kind of take that and you throw away everything that made the first movie so good, uh, and you go in a com- wildly opposite direction with no logic. Like there's no logic to why they chose to go in this direction because it's not just like it's always set in a different era. But it's also totally not at all like the first movie. Yeah, it's not. Let's discuss the first aspect. Right, first is. Like why is it even 1984? Why is it even the 80s? Like the movie could be anywhere between I would say post World War II and before the advent of the internet, right? I mean, so logically, rationally, what everyone thought is that a it's 1980s, but more specifically, it's 1984, which is a direct yeah, reference. Yeah, which suggests to- suggests a very very Orwellian thing. Like why would you choose that this year if you would not have something to do with that? But that's like the first sign of this movie going off the rails is when you realize and. You're 
your heart sinks a little bit that the only reason Patty Jenkins probably wanted to make this movie, set this movie in the 80s, was because she liked the fashion? What? Yeah. Like, it feels like this kind of the Stranger Things season 3 thing, right? Like, where they enjoyed and like they had an entire episode of Eleven and enjoying them in the malls and picking dresses and stuff. Like, that was the... Re- I mean, the show is already was already set in that period. So, it was just entering 80s. For, it was like a natural progression. But for Wonder Woman, it's, this is not a natural progression. You have specifically chosen to jump 60 years and not 50 years or 30 years or 100 years. So then you need to make like some sense out of it. You need to like justify why it's set. The only real connection to it is like the nuclear sort of holocaust, you know, that hangs over everyone. But then I would, I was like, wait, that makes more sense in the 60s uh, and not the 80s. I mean, technically nuclear holocaust to kabhi bhi ho sakta hai, na? There's nothing like, obviously we know that no, I'm saying the, the, the fears the over War. it. Yeah, I'm saying but the fears over nuclear holocaust, I think were most prevalent in the 60s when like sort of yeah, stockpiles were building up globally. Movie doesn't tap into the Cold War paranoia either, right? No, yeah, it doesn't. That's the thing. Like, I mean, like, that's literally, kind of... in, if you see, there are actually premises, like the official synopsis that one of, one of us releases. Usmed, it literally says some of them, or maybe that's like a supposed to be like a red herring now, but the premises like, claim that, you know, Wonder Woman will go up against the Soviets during the Cold War era. And I'm like, this movie mein kahan tha? <laughs> what Soviet? Exactly. So then that's just like a red herring. You would have to throw us off and whatever. But I'm like, why do you, would you even say that? Like, why would you build up that expectation when there's literally none of the Cold War? This movie could have existed in Hemiskira, like for all I care, it was a fantasy world. It had no connection to the real world. And I mean, there are so many things that you could have tapped into simply because of the 80s. And all you chose was like the most superficial, tacky aspects of it. I understand that maybe that's the era of filmmaking that she connects with the most, you know, like the 80s. That's probably the era of films that she grew up with. Yeah. But uh, like what? So clearly that's a fail. What other parts like were... I mean, I think we should like discuss like that. That's the return of Steve Trevor, right? Like that's another thing that you've purposefully uh, decided de- decided to do. Get me started on goddamn Steve Trevor. <laughs> Steve Trevor. See, the when they announced that Steve, this uh, Chris Pine is gonna be back. Yeah. The first question you're like, okay, he's dead. How? Yeah. Right. Like, how is he gonna be back? He's dead. So then you kind of you go with the sense that Patty Jenkins knows what she's doing, right? In Patty Jenkins, we trust. We trust. Yeah. Because she's proven herself once so obviously she come up with a good enough explanation to bring Chris yeah, Pine back like, before you see the movie you're all everyone's resting on that argument right what you just made is the goodwill argument that you are you are giving her the benefit of doubt that yeah she will pull it off because she pulled off before and literally in the movie when Diana asks him uh, how are you back he shrugs his uh, shoulders and he's like I don't know yeah I just woke up like this the last thing I remember is in, being in, a, in the plane and I got angry at that point I was like is this you got paid so much money. You got paid millions of dollars. You spent two hundred million dollars on this movie. You've had three years making this, and you can't. That's you can't do. I don't know, man. Like you can't and do. I don't. Know. There are bigger, like ethical considerations to be made after that point after they reveal what's happening right like ha, ba, asli banda hai? yeah because like after that like he's standing there he's looking into the mirror he's like yeah he's a different person but like these guys don't care basically like they just choose to be like no we have re-ended after whatever six see 66 years or something so we will go ahead with our love love making because you know that matters right now more we will figure out later you know the problems of 
putting my boyfriend in someone else's body and then the movie basically forgets that it's like yeah we don't know how to deal with this so let's just forget it i mean re- the real wonder woman or a real superhero would kind of investigate what happened to the real dude like he's probably in some uh, i don't know where he is like you have to find out right from and what i understand or maybe i'm obviously could be wrong here i think he's just like the spirit of steve trevor is like has latched onto the body of this guy uh-huh. so when she <laughs> runs away from him in the end right she's like yeah you don't have to say goodbye to me like well, that that nonsense and she's like go save the world uh then steve Trevor just like disappears and he he goes back to normal the guy and he kind of wakes up and he's like wait kya hua? I don't, how did i end up here i'm sure that's what's gonna happen that's so stupid yeah it's like very weird because like the movie is like i mean the moment you introduce like that insane mcguffin which is in a way not a mcguffin because the real thing that stone she in ground wishes it just opens up like a weird fantasy portal i mean it's, i mean it's probably a fantasy movie it's a superhero movie so it's not like my suspension of disbelief belief is like limited but, but even it just in a fantasy takes it another movie, to another huh? yeah it, it goes to another level i'm just like so anything is possible right the moment he's like say a, even a small thing when uh you know maxwell lord secretary needs more help he's like just wish for it and then people start walking in and they've basically been like brainwashed right like they were going to work somewhere else and they've been told to like walk into this office and be like just do this so like it's a very problematic thing that the movie needs to deal with but it's basically like sort of brushed away they're like ha ye ho raha just you know just accept it it goes back to what uh, i think agatha christie said no like sh- never have a supernatural explanation for things yeah and uh, i think it was she who said that maybe like i remember college music anyway so that's the idea right because it's a cop out yeah if you kind of have a supernatural explanation for your uh plot or for the central it's the same thing as like not doing a deus ex machina right yeah that's what you're doing like when you're not able to when you've written yourself into a corner i mean you don't know how to explain it if you use like a cop out like that people are going to be annoyed they're gonna be like Ye kya hai, this you, your extension can't be like a last minute saving grace or like I just it just happened just you know accept it Whee! and like for a fantasy movie to kind of rely on like quote unquote wishes and for it to still not work that just shows the laziness that must have gone into like writing yeah like what is even happening did you not did no one say okay bhaiya please quit better isse <laughs> we know you can so do that so now that we're talking about wishes I think let's naturally transition into the villains then two villains which I felt was a bad choice considering it got overcrowded uh, what do you make of it yes it did get overcrowded definitely and both of them are kind of they came across as B villains yeah so normally what you'd have is you'd have an A villain and a B villain yeah but you can't have two B villains Right. And both. <laughs> yeah, you can't. And I, I think it's very easy to actually like make one of them able and I think it's easier much to do that with Barbara but then the movie needs to give her time and give the dynamic between Diana and Barbara more time and not you know keep us taking away with asides with uh, Maxwell Lord correct and I think that's where it fails because because like then it's like oh no we have to give her origin story and she has to give her connection like emotional connect and she actually, he actually gets more with his whole kid thing and everything like Barbara doesn't really get that Barbara's is just like personality based but then that Barbara's personality Sanity base is so much more, I think, in a way, I don't know the word. I think it's like it, you can relate to it more. Like it's more relatable, right? Because Diana is not someone who's relatable. Like she's a superhuman. So I can really relate to that, you know, feeling of Barbara being like when she actually says in that, you know, when they go meet, uh, forget the name, but that Ravi Patel's hi- hipster character, right? Oh, yes. God. 
<laughs> and, and in that scene, Barbara is basically like sort of lays out, lays out the you know backstory there. It's like you know that she's like Diana's like the special being in amongst like non-special beings, right? And Barbara has nothing, so like it makes sense on some level that she would want this, right? Even though if she like loses her morals and then whatever she achieves, but you can relate with that you know feeling of like why do this only this one person gets to be special? And that dynamic can be like built into like the core of the movie. The fact that uh, Diana and Barbara sort of like locked into that battle, but the movie doesn't have time to build that. I mean, a on one hand, it has too much time. It's like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, that's the. But then it doesn't know what. Like it can't utilize its screen. Like what? What is it even doing? It's wasting time on like nonsense. Like if you erase Steve Trevor, like this not movie's not going to lose anything. Diana does not need Steve Trevor to like inspire her to be good. She's a good person. Instead, focus on the conflicts, right? Which are like half heartedly done, and I. feel that both pedro pascal and kristen wig are operating on a different pitch as compared to the rest of the movie mm, that's true but the rest of the movie is very different from what their performances are their performances are very broad uh, especially pedro pascal like he's the full like 80s like he's full 80s mode right yeah yeah to an extent he is the only one who knows what's up like he knows this movie is like a silly whatever like a silly schmaltzy kitschy kind of thing so that's fine i'm fine with pedro pascal uh, but kristen wiig i felt was slightly miscast because i mean we know that she can do this klutz kind of thing she's done done this in the past so but that's again a very superficial reading of barbara as a character because then you're reducing her to someone who is jealous that she's not as pretty as diana okay which is very basic like no one's pre- as pretty as diana so like what do you do with that like does that make everyone jealous no, like what i would say it's she sort of jealous of the combination right she's uh jealous of the fact that she's in a way fitting in both camps she's also fitting in the pretty camp as you mentioned which like you know which is why she goes on that rant about you know you must be like going out all the time people must be asking you out all the time you must be you, mu- hmm. you must live out uh and the other camp of being scientists like uh barbara right of being of knowing being expert in multiple fields and still having that kind of background she there is i think of that combination not just like the pretty which is such a weird stance to take as a female filmmaker like what is like in an ideal world barbara wouldn't be jealous right of these things because barbara is a fairly accomplished person as she keeps repeating she's very intelligent she is capable of like being attractive which she does uh, in that uh, whatever party sequence so to kind of tap into this vibe which is like jealousy and mean spiritedness and kind of suggesting that oh just because wo chashma pehenti hai and she's geeky she's in a way inferior is a weird way to kind of set up your conflict i feel like what I is that i think in an ideal world sure but i think what jenkins in a way stepping into is the like the duality sort of what you know women have to live in like through right the world is not ideal and they do have to face this nonsense of even if you are very accomplished if you don't look nice then people give you no bhav i mean life, i would just right? imagine this to be done by like a middle aged white guy filmmaker this is something yeah, like ha huh, like it seems like a trope that ha huh. but i feel like there is actually like a, i think that's what the thing with sometimes people people sort of like get annoyed at when cliches and stereotypes are used but i think they exist because there's some truth to them right 
So when it's actually portrayed, like I think this is in a way like weirdly connects to me the angle that people were sort of complaining about in the first movie with Wonder Woman's armor, and they were like, "Well, why would you make it? You know, like otherwise, what male film in the vision would be called skimpy, and why would you give her boots with like platforms and all that?" Mm-hmm. And Pen- Jenkins' justification was essentially that we are sort of you know what's the word reappropriating, right? She's like, "I'm not sexualizing her. I am empowering and." the female sexuality like that she doesn't have to like be all practical because it's anyway superhero movie yeah but so, when snider did that with sucker punch every but the, the difference i think is of uh, which is i could in- instantly notice because wonder woman and justice league came very close to back to back right almost a few months uh was how jenkins filmed wonder woman like in terms of angles that's and how snyder films wonder woman and i think that's what the ang like those kind of approaches that actually worked out but his problem is this would also have worked out i feel with the barbara diana thing but it as we've noticed said before it's all about how overcrowded it is it gets lost in that nonsense and i think for this to me goes back to what you were saying in the beginning uh, about HBO Max that why did they not tinker around I feel like at least the moment they decided that I mean in, in a future now they can't have decided like this because they announced it but the moment like now either it's going to HBO Max I'm like wait this totally deserves or should have been a mini series hmm because that's like it needs that kind just... of screen time like even though it's two and a half hour I'm like wait somehow two and a half hours is actually less for the the narrative they've designed in their mind I mean for me there's nothing in this movie uh this they should have just gone back to the drawing board here like there's nothing in this movie to kind of justify a film or a show or anything of that sort because there's no there's no stakes there's no like engagement there's uh i mean we're speaking about the 80s excess that pedro pascal taps into something that uh, is kind of reflected in the cheesiness of the action also which is uh i mean paddy jenkins complained about like uh, the third act being uh, a studio mandate in the first film yeah and yes we all agree that third act was uh, a mess yeah that's the only problem with the movie yeah. but dude this is worse this that chase that road uh, highway action scene oh, was God. worse like, I, i have problems with like the cgi there i don't even know if the cgi maybe it's something else but like either it's cgi either it's either it's the action choreography or it's the editing it's but, all like, those things every few seconds it fe- felt fake to me for some reason i was like why is is this scene feeling fake it should not feel fake when you have so much budget so what is it about the scene that just feels like no this is not real yeah you're right it's all of those things so i mean i read somewhere there's this counter argument happening that it's supposed to be deliberately uh, artificial visually but that makes no sense and make an animated movie <laughs> I mean, yeah, I make a live sense. action movie and then try to claim that it's supposed to be like that artificial, right? Uh, especially the green scene uh, thing, right? When she's running with the when the first uh, no, when you hear yeah, when the, she's running, you don't even sh- show her show me her legs, right? You just show the upper body, so she could be anywhere. She's on a treadmill, right? With the yeah rear projection happening, whatever. So it's fake. We all know it's fake, and uh, so that's there. This poor green screen. There is it's unimaginative for multiple reasons because a it's on <laughs> literally a stretch of barren land like one road yeah there's nothing you can do there there's no like your characters aren't in- interacting with the environment in any meaningful way because there's no environment to interact yeah. with like imagine like going with... from like no man's land sequence in the first movie which was so imaginative yes to somehow designing this 3 years later like how can the same creative team come up with that i don't even get it Ugh, which Like the cynical part of my brain tells me that she didn't do the no man's land sequence, right? Uh, which is possible because Patty Jenkins. Except, Jenkins'... but no, but I've seen on-set photos of her there. 
नहीं 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 वो तो ठीक है वो फोटो वोटो खिंचाने के लिए हाथ वाथ हिलाने के लिए वो ट्रेडमार्क डायरेक्टर्स पोज मारने के लिए दैट इज ऑल वॉर्नर ब्रदर्स का दे विल मेक शॉर्टोटोटिंग इज दैट समी जेंकिन स्टैचर इन द इंडस्ट्री एट दैट पॉइंट गिविंग सो मच गुड नॉट इवन टू विलिंग टू बिलीव The filmmaker who gave us Wonder Woman could have given us Wonder Woman eighty four now. I'm exactly telling fun. you, it's possible because it's very common for uh, studios, especially when they have like, like a second unit. Room. Correct to have a second unit which is run by some fifty year old guy who's done like seventy five of these sequences. Unless okay. you're Peter Jackson, so, can you get Andy Serkis? <laughs> Unless you're Peter Jackson, <laughs> yes. So I mean, thematically, that that sequence was brilliant. Like I think it's one of the top five action sequences of like yeah. The Last ten years, it just it tells you, like, you everything about the character in like one scene, right? And just if you think about it, it transports you back to when you first watched it and what you felt when you first watched it. Yeah. You know, it has that kind of power. Yeah, and I think I literally it kind have of like ing- almost like tiny goosebumps right now thinking about the no man's land. So I mean, it's a good. Uh, we can transition to the next topic because they try to replicate that in this movie, right? With the flight sequence. Yeah. they are in a way but it doesn't really so, happen for me at all like i'm not going to remember that no one would remember that sequence and it's so that is supposed to be very deliberately like a, a echo of that first no man's land sequence when she's kind of like i'll do it and then she goes and then she's like solo and then she's like in this nirvana state and then uh, there's this uh, churi ki aur music playing in the background but yeah so when that sequence happened again it made me angry i was like so if another filmmaker had done this, like deliberately like uh, try to tip their hat to the previous movie and do a scene as an homage i would have been angry because you've clearly failed like you haven't caught the you haven't tapped into the magic of that mm-hmm. original sequence and it's just a pay limitation right you're just like aping a better scene a better film and uh, whatever forgotten already what for her to do this yeah it's weird it's not even like it's you know she's em- coming back after like 30 years or something and then the, the old director is trying to catch like the they are sort of when they were at their the peak spark. when they were young now it's just, it's just like you did it like 3 years ago man <laughs> and that series just it's empty right it's empty you don't yeah, feel it should feel so joyful and exhilarating because the first time she's flying she's a human being like she's not meant to be flying <laughs> but she's flying but it feels nothing like that it doesn't feel like wondrous at all yeah. and uh, we it's a movie that's trying to kind of capture the vibe of like innocent superhero stories uh you know and uh, it spends the entirety of its run time which is like two and a half hours which is a lot trying to capture that feeling and never quite grasping it yeah uh that is the issue hmm Do you want to take this as the cue to talk about should Jenkins have been given a third stab? So they were uh, quick to announce Wonder Woman three. Yeah. Uh, after uh, noticing the what do you call it like uh, encouraging box office figures, I would say is what they're yeah, kind of in, saying. Yeah. In a pandemic like environment, after, uh, after seeing the, the box n- office, these numbers are encouraging. Uh, the fact that uh, as you said, what you said to me before the podcast, like around 
less than half of HBO Max's active subscribers watched it. So that's around less than six million. Which, if you would take like the average ticket price in the US, would around be like seventy million box office from HBO Max plus sixteen million from like the actual box office theatrical, which around is like I think better than the first movie did. First even though did uh, just over hundred on opening weekend. So then I'm wrong. Yeah. So then this is lower than that. Um. But yeah, I mean, okay. But you know, you're not gonna expect the so, same thing in a pandemic environment. Yeah. No. So they've all. Also mentioned in their statement that uh, around half of the paying subscribers watched it on opening day, which means that more people watched it later. Uh, also, like there are other avenues through which they watched it, like cable and wireless access, so which would push the numbers even further up. So right. I, it like it could be around in the same vicinity as the opening weekend of the first movie, or slightly uh, better. Right. But what it boils down to is the fact is that Warner Brothers is clearly happy with what it has done, which is why I th- I, I don't remember the second. Movie like being greenlit so quickly because also because there was a the problem of Jenkins co like paying more right she was not gonna be coming back with just like a puny sum so that that's why it took much longer that was a secondary problem so yeah clearly they are confident in her which in a way like sort of takes away that argument we were having at the beginning right is if that were they not confident about the movie and that's why it, it's coming to HBO Max no you're you're seeing this uh from the point of view of a fan you have to see this from the point of view of a film journalist the announcement has come at a time when public sentiment is turning on patty jenkins and the film right okay in a normal world a non covid world they would have box office to drive positive buzz around the movie true okay so they'd say that whatever 100 million ye itne dino mein internationally we've done this that mm. uh, they would start rattling off records that oh it's second biggest opening weekend for a female director and that would drive your positive buzz right now there's no positive buzz in fact it's going the other way uh, if you notice the rotten to Tomatoes critics consensus has changed from what it was. Mm. Uh, so it was it was more like uh, outrightly positive. Uh, I mean, that's just a, the initial a consequence of what we talked about earlier, right? The fact that they only showed it to people who are more likely to give it a higher score. Yeah. So th- I think what's happening is they're sensing the tide is turning against the movie, and as like an attempt to kind of generate some sense of uh, you know faith in this team, they've put out this story, and as we all know, like deadline. variety and stuff like that is basically a pr mouthpiece right yeah that's it's how they, an are, they announce just... through them they literally announce Yeah. yeah. So that's what's like ringing the bells and like all the red flags in my head. I was like, oh, this is like a clear like publicity move. Mm. And uh, like we all we already know Patty Jenkins is booked, right? She's got like two huge projects. I know Star Wars was the second one. Cleopatra. Oh right. Wait, is she directing or is that producing that? She's directing Gal Gadot as Cleopatra. How are they going to do so many movies? Like so Rogue Squadron is Nahi 2023. So whatever fast track you've put this I, I know, on. How are they going to fit this? I mean, if they clearly want to film Wonder Woman three before she goes to Star Wars then right? Then Disney is not allowing that. So Patty Jenkins said that the script is almost done for Rogue Squadron. Hmm. Okay, and Rogue Squadron has a release date. Wonder Woman does not. Yeah, but I'm saying if they're fast tracking it, I feel like the the idea is to then film it before that. Because see, if Rogue Squadron has to release December 2023, it has to be done filming Jan 2023 at max. Um, right. <laughs> so even if you consider that she's going to put Cleopatra on the back burner, which is going to suck for like Paramount because 
पास कुछ है ही नहीं सो द अर्स दैट यू कैन सी एक्सपेक्ट सी वॉन्डर वोमन थ्री इज ट्वेंटी ट्वेंटी फोर राइटेंड these are where the slots lies are. it's not happening it's all lies it's all publicity <laughs> it's all fake news I've become like Trump. This is all like uh, smoke and mirrors. These Although, are like uh, unless it's gonna be like a situation of like you know how it happened with the Game of Thrones creators who signed up for Star Wars and then few months later signed up to Netflix deal and then a couple of months after that they were like, well, clearly we can't do both, so we're quitting Star Wars. See, I wouldn't be surprised if something similar happens. And Kathleen Kennedy is obviously she has a proven uh, track record for doing this. Is getting cold feet. She fired Josh Trank. She fired uh, Colin Trevorrow. So that's the thing. Like, is ka pata nahi? Maybe. It depends on how Wonder Woman two, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four kind of. And at one point, you have to also note that Jenkins has said that she, I mean, has said that the, uh, an Amazon spin off would come before Wonder Woman three, although she would not direct that, so she does not like, have to be busy for that that much. So yeah, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to take this with the heavy pinch of salt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What what seems surprising to me is like, I mean, in terms of like a larger picture, is that DC still has no clue what like what it comes to be doing. Like actually, in a way, twenty twenty has proven. to be like a in terms of like numbers it's a higher year for them like they don't really have two films in a year uh, i think when the first woman wonder woman came was the last time they actually happened with them because justice league was also the same year but otherwise it was just like aquaman in 2018 Uh, Shazam in 2019, and that's gonna happen again next year. They only have Suicide Squad. In mm-hmm. terms of a larger picture thing, like they basically have no clue, like in how to speed up things. Although 2022 is because like, turning out to be a little better. Yeah, I don't know if they have an idea still because it's like uh, you know we talk about how the regimes change in our workplaces, and it's like a completely di- different working environment yeah. when new management comes in. This was happening over there too, right? Yeah. The people who initiated this project are no longer involved in any way. Yeah. Uh, in these movies, so whoever comes in will come come in with their new ideas, with their new teams, and they'll kind of have conversations. And for a while, it was like let's make an interconnected universe, like the MCU. And yeah, they were like, oh, let's not pawn, do that. I'm saying even outside the universe idea, the, just having, yeah, then they having were like, regular let's make output, like loosely. Even that's a problem for them. Like they're not even able to manage regular output. Forget a universe because there's no driving force. Now they don't know what direction they're going. Like do yeah. we keep going down this path? Like it's like they want best. Of both worlds. Now we want to do like spin-offs, like we want to do like uh, standalone stories, and we also want to continue this thing because you've invested so much money and time in this, like this failed project, which is the DCEU. I mean, I think it all depends on like uh, obviously like uh, business. If they have enough HBO Max subscribers out of this nonsense, and if Snyder's uh, Justice League gets more, then they'll keep making this. True. Yeah, in the sense that actually. Next year will technically be two because one movie is being re-released. Yeah. Okay, guys, that's all for this episode of the Long Take. Thanks for tuning in. You can find the Long Take at the Long Take Pod on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can write to us at the Long Take Pod at gmail dot com. Please leave us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to this episode, and we will see you next week.